This episode is brought to you by a brand new sponsor of the show, Picmonic. Picmonic is an audiovisual learning system with unforgettable stories and characters to help you remember everything you need to know for PT school and beyond. Used by over 1.5 million students all over the world, Picmonic is perfect for streamlining your studying in an efficient manner. Listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps for a 20% discount, and first-time users can start today for free. Getting access to one learning objective and one Picmonic quiz per day, forever, at zero cost. Available on iOS, Android, and desktop. Once again, listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps at checkout. Happy studying, and let's get right into the show. All right, go ahead and invite our guest here, and we will get started. And it always just takes a little bit to send that uh, oh, request and then get things started. Here we go. All right. Hello and welcome to episode, Hello. I can't believe it, five <laughs> of Snack Break by Ortho Snacks, where we interview physical therapists, fitness professionals, and health and wellness experts. I'm your host, John Schaefer. And if, if it looks like I'm glowing, it's because I just got a new ring light. Um, <laughs> all right. No, that's not much. Um, our guest today is a graduate from Stony Brook University. Um, she's now practicing in the acute care setting in New York City. And <clears throat> really, she's risen on social media over the last two years in providing a platform for current students um, who are looking for resources about the field of physical therapy, um, new grads and early cl clinicians who are looking for advice, kind of navigating those early stages of their career. And she's recently dipped her feet in the apparel game. So my guest today is DPT Steph. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So how's exciting. everything? Yeah, how's everything going? Good, good. So just trying to get ready for the winter apparel launch or the holiday launch. Is, it's kind of taking on the name. But yeah, it's been a whirlwind uh, to see how this past year or two has really taken off. So it's been super exciting and you know, lots of good stuff for students and it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. So a trend in some of my recent episodes and kind of the direction I want to continue is to take you back to kind of where this all began. So in doing some prep work for these episodes, I usually like to go back through my guests' social media, not in a creepy way, but just to, to kind of see um, where they were when they started and kind of how they've grown, transitioned into the person and clinician that they are now. So Steph, I want you to take me back to it's July 2019. You're preparing to take boards and you snap that first picture. All your stuff is spread out and you're studying for boards. So what were you kind of thinking at that point? Did you have any idea that things were going to transition and become what they are today? Um, even if you asked me six months ago, if they, what, if they were going to become what they are today, I probably wouldn't believe you. Um, so to ask me from 2019, no, I had zero clue. I never went into this trying to be like an Instagrammer or TikToker or anything of that sort. Um, it just so happened to be that I felt just being a physical therapist on social media was super important for like networking aspects, mm -hmm. not even for my own growth, but just to see who else is out there and then have like a PT designated account where I can you know, have my newsfeed fully flooded with like orthopedic exercises and stuff and kind of, you know, stay on top of the game that way. Um, and then it kind of transpired where I was like, just kind of lingering and eventually boards came in October, I started acute care in November. And I'm like, you know what, no one talks about acute care. So let's, you know, try to talk about it. And 
the first couple of posts that I did that were related to acute care or things that I wish I knew when I was a student or studying for boards kind of took off and I was like oh okay so maybe I should keep talking about this stuff because people can relate to it and you know these are things that I wish I knew like I wish I knew when I was a student I wish someone had told me but Mm -hmm. I never I didn't know anyone who was a PT I didn't know um, anyone even like in the year above me aside from just like passing by and between classes and stuff so you don't really have anyone besides like your professors or your clinical instructors who are supposed to be kind of like mentoring you through this whole process um so then it just kind of transpired from there and I've collectively gained more and more students or pre-PTs or people going out into the workforce for the first time um which has been super exciting but it's just I take it day by day and I'm like all right what Mm -hmm. am I what am I thinking about what am I reflecting on what did I wish I knew and like for example the recent post about October I was like I used to hate Octobers that I remember they were always midterms and Recently, my DMs are flooded with stressed students. I was like, all right, so let's make a post about October because it always sucks. So Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I kind of mentioned you last week. I don't have a whole lot to worry about with midterms. And then all of a sudden, they snuck up on me with two exams next week. So it's, it's definitely a busy time. Yeah. Um, but I would agree and kind of echo the sentiment you mentioned. There is, really isn't a lot of coverage of acute care PT and kind of what that looks like for new grads. I know most of my experience so far has been at the outpatient ortho setting. And that's something I feel super comfortable with. But like my first uh, inpatient rotation is coming up and I'm a little nervous for it. It's going to be different. Um, So kind of having resources like you're providing, I think is great. And then another thing you mentioned is just having, I think it's interesting because I feel like we took opposite approach, opposite approaches. You were like, okay, I don't want anything to do with being like an Instagram influencer. Um, I feel like more of the approach I've taken is that's, Something that's appealing to me is being able to influence a lot of people, but we both have kind of ended up in the same spot in which this really is a great platform to connect with people. And I think that that has been one of my favorite parts of having this account so far, um, more so than any posts I've created is just meeting people and talking to them. So I think that's awesome. Um, I guess the next question I kind of want to ask you is you made several posts about kind of what it was like working in acute care during COVID. Um, How has that kind of changed recently? And then um, I guess what kind of impact do you feel like you've been able to have as a physical therapist navigating patients with COVID? Yeah. I mean, it's not only just COVID, but you know, New York city was hit the hardest in the very beginning of all of it. Mm -hmm. So it was a major learning curve for everybody in the hospital, not just PTs, like all at once. So it honestly just ended up being survival mode. And who can we lean on for the most help? I mean, we've had, I was sharing PPE at one point with nurses and we were passing off Mm -hmm. the same singular isolation gown between each other when we had to go into rooms. Like, you know, you just kind of, who needs what buddy system? Like I'll go into this room and then you stand in the hallway. If I need something, you go to the closet Mm -hmm. and grab it for me. And it's just kind of made you like reflect on all of your needs when you're taking care of a patient or helping them. And then also how much everyone else around you relies on each other. So I think something mm-hmm. that's really come to light is more of that interdisciplinary care. I mean, fortunately, the cases in New York have been minimal. So we just have our one designated or COVID area or COVID unit at this time. Um but I mean, it's definitely, it, it brought light also to how important PT is because a lot of these patients were so severely deconditioned 
And we were seeing patients even at one point twice a day in a hospital every single day, which is so beyond unheard of. Um, so it's, it was a lot of heavy lifting, literally, <laughs> and, uh, emotionally. So I'm sure. It, it was a learning process, but yeah. we, we made it. Um, you mentioned kind of the reflective approach you take just in general. Do you feel like that change was enhanced just working within the, within the ICU during COVID or acute care during COVID? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was more, it wasn't until like, honestly, this time last year when it kicked in because we were in such like that survival triage mm -hmm. type mode that you, we almost became robotic. And then over the summer, when things calmed down, or at, at least calmed down in New York in the summer of 2020, I remember we would sit outside with our coworkers at lunch, and we would just, it would be like July and August, and we're like, just starting to process what happened. So it definitely more so now than actually in the moment, but it definitely brings a lot of things to light about like, just how we need to be better for ourselves. Like, self-care mm -hmm. is super important. <laughs> And I think like, I think like that's getting pushed a little bit more within the educational setting, which is great too. Um, yeah. But I, I would definitely agree. I feel like it hasn't been really until the last couple of weeks I've stopped and thought about, wow, we just we made it through this period or getting towards the end of this period. Um, but it's not until you take those moments where you stop and reflect and kind of look at how far you've come and everything that's changed, you can really appreciate that. Um, yeah, exactly. So, that, so that's great. Um, this next question is more just about acute care in general from a, from a T PT student standpoint. I think a lot of times acute care might get a bad rep for a situation where you're just walking patients all day. I'm sure you've got some strong opinions on that and maybe um, can provide a little bit of insight into what the day-to-day -day might look like beyond patient mobility. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because, I mean, I have a post on this from a, like a month or so ago, but I also mm -hmm. had a comment on TikTok yesterday and someone was saying how they were, they're a student right now in acute care. And they were saying that the patient was like, you got a doctorate for getting me off the commode. And I was like, my response was, no, I got a doctorate to make the clinical decisions to get you off the commode. So it's like, you know, and that's, you don't know these things until, you know, you're practicing for a while. But I think that's more so my response, like, yes, to doctors or other clinicians i'm physically taking someone for a walk but what was the process to determine that a they can go for a walk so obviously thorough chart reviews and and you know going through lab values making sure they're medically appropriate like we have to understand these things instead of just walking into a room that because they have pt orders and okay so it's pulling them out of bed so overall day to day you know the morning starts with like a full glance at chart reviews and making sure that patients have necessary things that they need to go home or go to their next location if they're mm -hmm. going to rehab. Um, and then make sure that they have the equipment to do so and the equipment is properly sized or fitted for them. Making sure if they have support, whoever's supporting them knows how to help them with safe transfers. You know, you, you can order a walker off Amazon and yes, you can make it from maybe point A to point B, but is it energy efficient is it safe are you potentially going to stumble and take a wrong turn mm -hmm. so there's a lot more things like physics involved you know so um to someone who's from the outside looking in yes like I do take patients for walks or take patients to the bathroom but there's a whole big thought process in doing so so that's always my like little clap back for those people <laughs> yeah and I think it's almost a compliment to you if that's all that it looks like is taking place it's such a seamless experience that they're not actually realizing everything that's going on kind of like you talked about behind the scenes mm -hmm. um, 
So what would you say your favorite part about acute care is or, or a, sell, a selling point for a new grad, I guess? Um, the chance to not only help patients, which obviously is, you know, why we're in PT, but I think specifically for acute care is the chance to show people how much we do know. And mm-hmm. that, that can sound weird. It's like, wait, you're going to tell me to go into acute care to like rub it in people's faces or advocate for advocate for the profession. And I'm like, essentially, yeah, because we're not a walking service. We have three years where we do take like pharmacology or, you know, clinic med courses and coursework. Mm -hmm. And we understand notes and you have to take this huge interdisciplinary approach when you are um, communicating with, you know, daily, I communicate with nurses, the charge nurse, the unit nurse, the PA, the NP, the resident, like social work, case manager, like there's everyone involved. So you not only have to understand physically what's going on with them, but medically insurance gets involved and then socially what their home and setup is Mm -hmm. like, if they have a home, um, you know, there's so many factors. And I think, yeah, that's the selling point because you get to be this huge team member and show people how much we do know and look at all that we can do. And, you know, in the process, we're helping patients. So Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed the medical side of things. I know some people can't do blood and guts and all that fun stuff. So if you do have a sour stomach for that, it might not be the best part. But for someone who doesn't mind it, like, yes, you will have to be exposed to bodily fluids, but you'll be okay. Comes with the territory. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, so I guess what advice would you have for new grads who are looking at entering acute care? I know you started in orthopedics, right? Yeah, so I was in ortho for a few months on a, like, temporary license just while I was waiting for boards to do Mm -hmm. part-time, and then I switched to acute care, but my love was always in acute care, so I knew I was going to end up there. I just wanted to make some money in the meantime. That's Um, fair. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to go into acute care, understand that, yes, at times it can be scary, but there's nothing that you're not prepared for, just like with Mm -hmm. any setting. And you will not lose your ortho knowledge just because you're in acute care. And that's such a myth. And yes, I will admit that I don't know my shoulder special tests, but at the same time, I can still get through a shoulder eval and ortho if I really wanted to. So that's all that matters. Cool. So I guess what, what's a normal week look like for you right now? I know you said there's no such thing as a consistent week, but what, what are you spending most of your time doing week to week? Um, It's, honestly mostly Instagram (laughs) and working on this and the podcast and the apparel and um, networking and just kind of you know I have coaching calls that I help for pre-PT students Um, and then of course you know trying to get in some social time some gym time Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to prioritize that a little bit more because you can only be so much business and so little party so often so I tend to recommend keep the social life going. (laughs) So something I guess I would be curious to know is a lot of students are reaching out to you. Um, obviously, you're doing a lot of mentorship. What are, I guess, some of the main concerns that people come to you with, just PT students? Yeah, so for like current PT students, the biggest things are like time management, stress, study tips, mm-hmm. um, just managing like day to day, kind of a lot of imposter syndrome, making sure they're going out on clinicals and they're doing well. Um, which doesn't seem like big deals to the person who's, you know, listening in and they're like, you're no longer a student, but like, we've all been there and we know that it's, you're, it's like you're faced with fire almost every day. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot of just like, you'll be okay. I promise you, like <laughs> I made it out the other end and I was a straight B, B plus student, like A minus mm-hmm. maybe if I was having a good day, like, <laughs> you know, you can, you can do it and you will be okay. And I think, you know, we, we tend to be a very type A profession, I feel like, or there's a mm-hmm. lot of type A's in the profession. So they all want 4.0s. And I'm like, you don't need a 4.0. You don't even need a 3.5 on you know overall like you will be fine just worry about the patient in front of you and figure out how you can best help them and in the end even admit like if you don't know something and I promise you like that will go further than acting like a know-it-all or being a spitting out textbooks no one wants a textbook Mm -hmm. yeah and I've seen in your comments a lot of people kind of refer to you as a big sister in the PT field (laughs) so I think I don't know I think that's pretty admirable um, and something that's definitely cool that people can reach out to you for that. So if anyone has questions, can they just DM you or what's kind of your setup for yeah, that? Yeah, that's fine. I'm very responsive with my DMs. The only time I won't answer a DM is if you are rude and aren't appreciative of my time and send me a massive paragraph and I've never spoken to you a day in my life. So I just ask that people are courteous and 99.8% of the time they are. So I will answer and try to best help. But I'm also not google so i will try to best help you as much as i can but um yeah the dms are fine awesome um i did want to touch on a store a story you had uh i don't know if it was last week or the week before a little bit of a rant uh i don't know if i want to call it a rant but you were talking about how you get a lot of messages from students feeling like they need to start a side hustle start a side gig do something on top of what they're doing with class um, and I thought, I thought that was really interesting. I have some thoughts on that. I'm just, for anyone who, has, who didn't hear that, kind of what, what, what has been your response to that for students who are reaching out saying they're feeling all this pressure to start something on the side? Yeah, so there is like a big, at least to my end on the social media aspect, mm-hmm. of course, if you don't follow certain accounts then you don't see this side. But from what I've seen, especially since 2019 or 2018 or so, when I graduated, there was a huge uptick out of nowhere of like people pressuring students that they need to understand like social media marketing and mm-hmm. uh, podcasting and, you know, um, setting up their own business and going cash based and all of this stuff. And it puts these pressures on these students who are not doing it or maybe don't have the financial means to go down these routes. And it's just letting my rant was more so just letting students know that they don't need to do this. If there's something that's of interest in you and you want to pick up a few skills, totally fine. Like go for it, but you Mm -hmm. don't need like a specific course or someone who is a PT specifically to teach you these things. And I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. not, not as a brag, but like 98% of things I've learned through social media, I've done through like Google and free things. Like, there's resources out there for people to learn these things. So like, don't feel pressured as a student that you have to like go down this route in order to be a successful PT while you're a student, mm-hmm. focus on your clinic stuff in front of you, focus on being a good clinician, focusing on communicating with your patients because a lot of people do struggle with that. And you can have a great conversation with a friend and you put someone in front of a patient and they will completely freeze up. And I've seen it, but I've been around other students. I had my own student, like it happens. Um, so work on things like that first and put your priorities or all your eggs in one basket there. And then if you want to pick up some other side skills, then you can go for it. But don't feel like you have to actually like go down this route because it's not feasible for everybody. And then 
until you remove yourself from the situation, you're like, all right, I didn't actually have to like do this or have this hanging over my head or whatever. Yeah, I guess I, I felt like it was a, I felt like it was a really powerful message in letting people know that these outlets are, these outlets are great to have if it's something you're interested in pursuing. Cause I think one of, um, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned and I'm trying to adopt into my life moving forward is it's okay to take on challenges that are difficult if you're enjoying doing them, but there's no need to take on all sorts of different side projects, try and design courses and things like that if you're not enjoying it, because then you're just going to be miserable. But there's nothing wrong with going after something you're interested in if you're truly interested, right. passionate about it, and enjoying the process, because that's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, is enjoying what you're doing. So just, wanna, right. just wanted to hit the- up. Yeah, yeah but that's the biggest thing too is making sure you're enjoying it and you're not doing it because an external source told you you needed to do it or um you know because someone said that you need extra money on the side or you need to work more than 40 hours a week to hit you know because obviously there's a huge loan crisis and people when you're financially strapped are going to take a grab at anything that you can get to avoid mm-hmm. being in that position and i don't want to say like people are being taken advantage of but they kind of are in a way because if you're in if you're vulnerable then you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this to get myself out of this position. So I will, and I always say this to anybody who I speak to about my platform, I do it because I enjoy it. I don't do it by for numbers. I don't do it to make money. I don't do it to, you know, have a name for myself. It happened to be something that I like speaking about and it has happened to take off. And I've done, last year I did a couple of like Instagram webinars and stuff. And I've always tried to harp on that. Like if you're in it for the wrong reasons, I can almost guarantee one, it's not going to take off because it's very evident when you're not making connections with people, but just anything that you do, you should enjoy it because if you don't, you're doing it for money or something else, it's just going to burn you out so quick and you're going to end off like in a better spot, a worse spot than you were. Yeah. So good message. On a, on a lighter note, um, are you up for answering the five questions that I ask all my guests? Sure, go for it. All right, so the first question I have to you, Steph, um, what's your biggest key to a successful day? Taking on every challenge with grace. Understand that things will be frustrating, but still coming out the other end, like thankful for the learning opportunity. Yeah, so do you, do you keep like any kind of a gratitude journal or do you have any approaches specifically that you might recommend? It's more so like self check-ins where if I notice that I am getting more tense, I'll just like step back for a minute, like a solid minute or two, not just a quick 10 seconds and like try to just regroup and be like, all right, what can I control or can't control in this situation? And like, how can I better work around this issue? So I'm not just like one big stress ball the whole time. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great approach. For me, it's always just setting my phone down because I feel like if I get stressed or that too. Down, just look at my phone. But, Go into nature. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, this next question is, what do you wish you would have known or someone would have told you five years ago that would have made a difference at the time? Things are going to get harder as you get older, but there's a hundred million gajillion people who have done it before you and mm-hmm. you will figure it out. And you'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good <laughs> message. And, and knowing it's okay to reach out to people like you or people who have done, um, done what you're trying to do, because chances are, if you've got that goal, someone before you had that same goal, um, was able to be successful. So I like it. Um, <laughs> the next question is, 
what book or product has positively influenced your life over the last three months? I've not read any books in the past three months. I will admit that. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Let me think. I think there's just, I've been going through more so like whatever free resources I can get online is from the, as far as the PT world as like how to be better communicating with patients or a better clinician and having, that's more, this is more so from like the level up mentorship that the level up community and Zach and stuff have, but like just understanding that the growth mindset that's behind everything is like, you're always looking to better yourself. And I think that always mm -hmm. makes the most impact on me when I reflect on it, because it's like, all right, well, if I'm in this job for X amount of months, like how can I continue to grow or grow my practice as a clinician and so forth? So I'd always try to reflect on that, especially coming up on being at my job for almost two years. It's, you know, we've been through a lot with COVID and everything. So what can I do to continue to grow? Okay, cool. And so you said, are there any specific resources you keep up with? Or you said kind of level up course? Yeah, level up is one of them because they have like their monthly mentorship and I'm a mentor mm -hmm. for them now. So that's been more recent. Um, but there's, they have like a Facebook group you can hop on in and peep through their stuff. Cool. Is a, so is a Facebook group free for students or what's yeah. the setup of that? Okay, awesome. Um, the next question is, is there any quote or mantra that you live your life by? Recently, I, I saw this on TikTok and it's kind of stuck with me the past month or two, but it's mm -hmm. part of it is like what's for me or what's meant for me will come to me. Like I, one of those, like I don't chase, I attract kind of things. And it's kind of given me a whole new perspective where it's like you can't force certain things to happen and just kind of take day mm -hmm. by day and just go through the flow and you know, take things as it comes. And it's just kind of, I feel like very grounding because it just makes you more present. It's like, okay, what can I do to not like go running after something like literally and figuratively and just, you know, how can I control or better mm -hmm. the situation by like bringing all this good energy to me? And it's like very not like me because I'm not into all this like affirmation yeah, manifestation yeah, things, like... but it's like TikTok's been growing on me the past month or two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that um, something I kind of do that relates to that or the thought process I have is just when you're, when you're faced with making a decision or anything like that, you have to know and trust that you're making the best decision, giving all the, given all the information you have at the time. And once you consider all that, you just got to make a decision and move on. So good stuff. Last question. Significant exactly. question on the podcast. Stephanie, what is your go-to snack? Anything chocolate. I'm a huge, okay. and I will say ice cream. I can eat ice cream literally at any day, point of the day, at any time of the year. I will give me any flavor and I will eat it, except coffee and mint. Those are the two really? I eat. But anything Coff else, coffee is my go to. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, Steph, where can people find you? Right here on the gram uh, at dpt.steph. Okay. Awesome. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to share before we head out? It's been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. And if you want to follow my content and follow Ortho Snacks, um, 
I make TikToks sometime, not very often, but maybe we'll do a little <laughs> bit more in the future. All right. Have a great night, Steph. And thanks everyone for, tu- for tuning in. Thank you. All right. Bye.